0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Hebrews chapter 11 and reading for our text, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, move with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Hebrews 11, verse 7, and the specific words in this verse are moved with fear. Is what was the thing that moved Noah to prepare an ark. Now this chapter, of course, sets forth faith, faith in the lives of God's children. It tells us what faith is, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're told that it is through faith that we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And throughout this chapter there are many instances given of the Lord's dear people of how faith wrought in their lives. Some like Abraham It brought him to go out into a place which he should receive for an inheritance. Others, like Abraham, like Sarah, were able to believe God would give them seed when their womb was dead and they were given that promised seed in Isaac. We have many instances of how faith was very active, it moved the people of God to do things. Later on in the chapter, it speaks also of what it enabled the people of God to endure and to go through in fiery trials, in being stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with the sword. Faith acts in many, many different ways and we should not think that it is only to be discerned and seen in one way, not to read like an obituary or something like that and think, well, how that person had faith active in their life, that's how I must be, or otherwise I'm not a child of God. If anything, Hebrews 11 tells us what different effects the faith of God has. We know from Hebrews 12 that faith is the gift of God. We're told that in Ephesians, By grace you say, through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And so the narrative here, Gives us a cloud of witnesses, and I believe we have a cloud of witnesses around us, those that are alive, those that we've known and um, walked with ourselves and seen how faith wrought in their lives. But here is added another thing of which faith is joined with, and that is the fear of God. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet move with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house and it is that which is upon my spirit the working of faith in this way to give the fear of God and that that fear of God then is what is seen as the Moving force, if you like. You know, you might think of the other passages here and think, well, it is faith that is the thing that is actually moving and bringing, uh, like to, to move countries or to uh, act like uh, Joseph making mention, departing of the children of Israel. But here is added to Faith, that effect of faith, is to have the fear of God. So I want to look first at what is the fear of the Lord. And then I want to notice our Lord Jesus Christ as to also having that fear of the Lord. And then lastly, a motivation to act or not to act but firstly the fear of the Lord throughout the word of God there is many fear not many times the Lord would assure his people that the things that they are going through that they are not to fear them or those things that they fear will come upon them maybe that they're cast out they're not the people of God or the hand of the Lord is against them, and they are given those fear-nots, those assurances, that the Lord's thoughts towards them are thoughts of peace and not of evil. The fear that is spoken of here is not that fear that causes torment. It is not that fear that causes terror. But a filial fear, a fear recognizing the power of God, the might of God, the authority of God, the ability of God to do great things as the great King of kings and Lord of lords. There are many instances in the Word of God where the fear of God can be seen in the two balancing signs. We think of David when he was seeking to bring the Ark of the Covenant up into Jerusalem. It was a good desire, right desire, and it was a day of rejoicing and joy bringing up the Ark. But they had followed the practice of the Philistines instead of putting it on the shoulders of the Levites, they put it on a cart. And when they came to uh, the threshing floor, then there was the Uzzah. Put forth his hand to steady the ark. The oxen shook it, and the Lord slew him. And we read that David. He feared to go before the Lord that day. The Lord had made a breach. The Lord didn't say, well, the people are all joyful, they're happy, they're rejoicing, they bringing the ark. I won't touch them. I just turn a blind eye to this uh, lack of observance of my way and my direction and that they have taken on board what the Philistines did in returning the ark to Beth No, the Lord dealt with it and dealt with it severely, made a breach upon Hazar. And the effect of David was he could not bring up the ark, he could not continue to bring it up. And the ark was taken aside to the house of Obed Edom, and there it rested for three months. But then the Lord showed another side and he blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And when David heard that, then he felt able to bring up the ark and he gave commandment that the Levites should carry the ark because he said at the first, you did it not after the due order. He recognized, he realized why the Lord had dealt as he had done. And so David In the fear of the Lord, he had the two sides. He could see the Lord that would deal so swiftly and uh, in, in such a way on one side as to chastise, as to correct, and on the other side that he would bless. And those two things put together, we think of the... Hymn writer, my soul, stands trembling while she sings the honours of her God. The Lord has said regarding those of his people as against them because they thought that he was just such a one as himself. Man bringing God down to his level, making God to be subject to his idea of morality, his idea of what is right or what is wrong, instead of having that great high view of God. He who spake, and it was done, that made the sun, the moon, and the stars, that formed all things by the word of his power. He that is pure and holy cannot look upon sin without utter abhorrence, to view him as he really is, but to view him as a father, as a father that loves his children, but at the same time, because he loves them, he will chasten them, he will correct them, not in anger, but in love, in kindness, but in a way that they revere him, they honour him, Uh, they uh, look up to him, they would trust in him. And that fear of the Lord is what is spoken of here. Noah moved by fear. We think of in the early church, the church when the Lord was first blessing after Pentecost, And the effect there of those that believed, many, they sold their houses, their lands, they gave to the poor, their hands were loosed from the things of this world and they sought that which was above. But there were those that wanted to imitate the effect of the grace of God, Ananias and Sapphira, and yet they still had their covetous hearts and So they sold their land and made out to the apostles that they were giving the whole amount to the Lord. Peter says that they lied to the Holy Ghost and it was a conspiracy between them. They both knew what they had decided amongst themselves and both were struck down dead. And we read that great fear came upon the church. But did it turn everyone away? Did it make them to say, well, we are not going to serve this God, we are not going to follow him? It didn't have that effect. The Lord blessed the church. Then we have another counter to that. They had a great persecutor of the church, which was Saul of Tarsus, hailing men and women to prison. And I have no doubt that many thought, well, if the Lord dealt with Ananias and Sapphira like that, what is he going to do with Saul of Tarsus? Well, what the Lord did with him was to convert him and to change his heart and bring him down before him, humble him before him. And then we read with the church that the churches then had rest, round about, their persecutor had been taken away. But how did they walk? Walking in the fear of the Lord. They were edified, they were multiplied. The fear of the Lord, we're told in Proverbs, is the beginning of wisdom. It is that which is the key to all of the true knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. And we are exhorted in the Psalms to serve the Lord with fear, that we are to walk in such a way that we are mindful of who he is, We are mindful of his all-seeing eye, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice. And we are to walk in that way, that we are mindful he sees and knows all about us. Thou God, seest me. And it is this that is to really mark out the true people of God. The world today thinks nothing of blaspheming the Lord. They're like Pharaoh, who when Moses came and said to him to let the people of God go, he said, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord that I should fear him? And the Lord said, and we read in Romans, for this purpose have I raised thee up to show forth my might and power in thee. And we have man lifting up his fist against God, shaking against the Holy One of Israel. But that was done so that all nations knew. And 40 years later, Rahab spoke of it. She hadn't forgotten it. I wonder how many of us can think back 40 years and what happened not to us but to another nation. That left a real mark on those nations round about what happened in Egypt. And then when the children of Israel were coming to Canaan, There was many things that the Lord did, and especially the drying up or the stopping up of Jordan, that again, great fear. And that really, in one sense, was terror, because they knew in Canaan that the sentence of the Lord was against them. With the children of Israel, the Lord's blessing was with them. But they were to know really above all people, and they knew it through the wilderness, through the giving of manna, through the fiery serpents, for Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, how the Lord dealt with them, and even with Miriam, the Lord dealing with them as his children, and without any partiality, the sovereignty of God, the justness of God, the holiness of God, the fear of the Lord. And that then is the beginning of wisdom, should affect all that we say and do and think and all that we act, how we view the Lord. Now with Noah, we are told here that he was moved by fear. And this was a fruit of faith. By faith Noah being warned of God, Of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. But before we come to that moving, I just want to notice the beautiful prophecy regarding our Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 11. In our second point, our Lord as a man possess the fear of the Lord. Sometimes we can overlook this, we think, well, because he is truly God, he is one with the Father, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one God, three distinct persons. But our Lord was a real man. And every grace, everything that his people were to possess, he possessed as well. And he imparts to his people that which he had. The righteousness that is given to a believer is the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of those things that he possessed as a man, including The fear of the Lord is bestowed upon the Lord's people. That is their righteousness, the Lord our righteousness. And so in Isaiah 11, we read, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, And reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Now we read of the Lord Jesus Christ as the obedient Son, obedient unto death. Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God the view that our Lord Jesus Christ had of his Father, of himself, perfect view. The Jews, when they sought to blaspheme him, contradict him, our Lord answered most so solemnly that he could not deny himself. He could not deny that relationship that he had with his Father, he always spake in the greatest terms of reverence and esteem and of love and of greatness as he viewed his Father. You might say if there was two people on earth and they were partners together or had an association together, they may be more familiar with each other, would use more familiar names or perhaps have a lack of that awe or reverence. But is not so with our Lord. With our Lord as it should be with a father and a son, there is that great esteem and reverence and fear in this right way of viewing his father. And I believe it's so vital in all that the Lord was to do. We speak here of a motivation to act. And yes, we might say with our Lord, it was love that brought him. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But one thing that was always before our Lord everything that he did was according to the holiness of god everything that he did was according to the justness of god there wasn't to be like with david and the ark doing something not right not in accordance with it but everything had to be right the payment had to be exact the just balance a just weight every jot every tittle everything had to be done perfectly and with respect to all of the scriptures why we hear him in the garden of Gethsemane when they came to take him and they had the swords put up thy sword within its sheath the cup that my father hath given me to drink shall I not drink it? And the esteem, the reverence that he had of his father. Thinkest thou not that I could pray my father and he would presently give me ten, six legion of angels, but how then, or twelve legion of angels, but how then should the scriptures be fulfilled? And he has respect to the scriptures, to the word of God, that, that fear and reverence of what was written and what was set forth there. And so when we think of the fear of the Lord, we think the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest example of it in all that he walked, in all that he viewed of his Father, in all of his obedience, and all that he knew, all his understanding. It's hard for us to comprehend that great is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. And those things that were wrought in him, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, and that his sacrifice might be fully acceptable unto this great God, holy God, this God whom we would fear also. So I want then to think of the word that is before us concerning Noah. We read of the account in Genesis chapter 6 when the Lord gave Noah the direction to prepare the ark and to build the ark. The earth, grown so wicked, and so much against God, God would say, said that he would destroy him and gave to Noah the directions, the instructions, how to build the ark, what to do. We know from other scriptures that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He didn't just build the ark, but he preached. And he sat before those around him what God was going to do. Now, our Lord, he speaks of the last days that are to be the same as in the days of Noah, that the destruction shall not come by water, but shall come by fire. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They bought, they sold, they married, they gave him marriage, until the flood came and took them all away. There's a direct parallel to the times in which we live. The Lord is pointing back to Noah's day, back to what Noah was told about the wickedness of those around him and the judgment that God was going to give. And Noah believed it. And we're told here that Noah had faith, and it was by faith That he was warned of God, of things not seen as yet. That applies to us here. Things not seen as yet. Peter says that they were saying even in his day. But where is the promise of his coming? All things continue as they were from the beginning of the world. He says in this they are ignorant. That the world standing out of the water and in the water, being overflowed with water, perished. Were in eight souls that they were saved by water, and he sets before them that though the Lord is long delayed, he will come, and the world will be destroyed. The Lord will certainly return, and the message is really the same as in Noah's day. The same reason why he prepared an ark to the saving of his house because of the fear of the Lord is the same reason why any today will seek to obtain from the Lord that blessed interest in not an ark of wood but the ark of grace, our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful time. Noah, he went into that ark. He was shut in. The Lord shut him in. And the waves bear up that ark. The ark felt the waves, not Noah. He was safe inside with all those within. And he was brought safely over that flood. Destruction around all outside it. And inside safety. Safety is of the Lord. And the Lord made known to Noah in his day how that safety was. What if Noah had left it to the last year? It be too late then, wouldn't it? There was a needing of that, preparing of that ark. Heaven is a prepared people for a prepared place. Sometimes the Lord might begin a preparation, a work of grace, In a sinner's heart while they are children, many are wrought while they are young. But others it might be in old age. Some it might be many years before they die. Others like the dying thief in the very article, an hour of death, that the Lord gives them faith. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. When we're thinking of him, what a difference. At first we read that they both cast the same in his teeth. If thou be the Christ, save thyself and ask, Where's the reverence? Where is the fear? Where is the honour? It is not there at all. But then it suddenly changes with one. We indeed justly, we receive the due reward of our deeds. This man hath done nothing amiss. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What a difference. How we treat the Lord, our language, how we come before Him, how we view Him, it evidences what actually is motivating us and what is in our hearts. I believe it is the one thing that will mark out the people of God in all generations and in our generation, generations where there is much, shall we say, religion, or much form or what passes to be a faith because that which moves a people in that which is truly saving or for deliver from the wrath to come is nothing less than the fear of the Lord and it is through that uh, through faith that that is given Without faith, we do not see the Lord who He is. They said, But this is Jesus. This is Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. His brethren we know. And they are offended at Him. Even though they saw all of the miracles and saw all of the things that He did, they are offended at Him. Many, they walked back and met no more with Him. Why? Because of the things that He was preaching. Except ye eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, ye have no life in you. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They are offended. But where there is the fear of the Lord, then this man becomes a precious man, a hiding place, a refuge, that which we sung off for the people of God. The very... God of whom we fear is the very God that provides that help. You know, a child that has a father that may be severe or punish and, and and chasten that child, but the fa- child knows that uh, it is in love. The child might do things that are, are wrong, get themselves injured, maybe going in places they should not. But when they're in trouble they look again to that Father. They go to that hand because they know the love and that salvation is of the Lord. In Psalm 68, is a beautiful psalm, that God is the God of salvation and our God is the God of salvation. And Psalm 48 as well, this God is our God. And he will be our guide even unto death. And the motivating moving to act is the fear of the Lord. On the other side is the fear of man. And we read, on Christ's day, there were many that believed on him, but because of the fear of the Jews, They did not confess him. It's a most solemn word. We think even of how it affected the parents of the man that was born blind. They said, he is of age, ask him. Because it had been agreed that any that would say that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the temple. So they were frightened, they were fearful. And these are days in which men are fearful of saying what they know is the truth, because of the fear of them, of man. Fear of man bringeth a snare. But it needs to be that balance the other way. The fear of the Lord that is greater than the fear of man. And we see that with the three Hebrew children standing before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he has that burning fiery furnace. He says, I'll heat that one seven times hotter If you don't bow down to my idols, to my gods, then there's where you go. And they said to him, We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. The God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and out of thy hand, O King. But But if not, be it known unto thee that we will not serve thy idols or thy gods. And the Lord did deliver them. They were thrown in, but all that they lost were their bonds and the form of the fourth, like the Son of God in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And you see the fear of the Lord so much greater than the fear of man, yet they could see that man, they could see the fire. The Lord was not seen, but seen by faith. To them he was a living, real reality one that truly existed was alive and was able to do far above all that they could ask or think and yet he was not a puppet you know some believe this well the lord should answer my prayers if i say this he should do it if i ask for this he must give it we have to supplicate our petitions if the lord will and to Be begging, asking him, not dictating, not demanding, not saying give me this sign and give me that sign and until you do this then I'm not going to act. The Lord gives his people that fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, shows them the way and because of that fear of the Lord they walk in that way that he has shown them. No, Noah didn't stand and say, Lord, but there's not even been rain upon the earth. There's no water here for this ark. Why build it? How many must have mocked him, jeered at the very thought? How many will do the same today? But with the fear of the Lord, then we esteem all the words of the Lord to be right. And it makes it so real to us, so, so real. And so that then moves to act, a motivation to act. We say it's sung in our first hymn as an unctuous light to all that is right, a bar to all that is wrong. And Nehemiah, it was a bar to that which was wrong in Nehemiah 5 and verse 15. We read of him as the governor of the land, and the former governors, they had been uh, taking, uh, eating the bread of the governor, they'd had what supposedly was, was their right to have, but Nehemiah, he saw the state of the condition of the people, and he wouldn't eat of it, he says but the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people and had, each had taken of them bread and wine beside forty shekels of silver yea even their servants bear rule over the people but so did not I because of the fear of God. It had an effect. And what he was doing with the wall again The fear of the Lord was what was motivating him, moving him. And that is to be with us as well. What is it that motivates us? What is it that holds us back from walking in the Lord's ways? What is it that should constrain us to walk in the Lord's ways? Is it not the fear of the Lord? The same as what now was granted? And we must say it is the grant. This is a token in itself. Faith is what is the gift of God. All men have not faith. And the very fear of God is the token in itself. All men have not that fear. And if the Lord has blessed us with that, that is a motivation above any to walk in his ways, to obey his voice, to be like that early church, walking in the fear of the Lord. Not just one day, not just two, but characterise their whole lives, walking in, In the light of the countenance of the Lord. How real is the Lord to us? How real is our communion with Him, our fellowship with Him? How real is His word to us? How does it speak to us? Does it speak with authority? Never man spake as this man spake. Does it speak to us? as if we were his children, his sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. Not man, but follow the Lord. With Noah, he was moved with fear. May we think of what moves us. What is it that influences our lives? Is it just that the fear of man is bringing a snare? Or do we really have the fear of the Lord? May the Lord help us to be a follower of those that walked by faith, that were blessed with the fear of the Lord. We read a summary that is consistent with or common with all of those that walk by faith here. And that is from verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them and embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore, God, the God that they fear, is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. May the Lord grant us the fear of the Lord, And that effect on our lives, that it moves us as obedient children, as a people formed for the Lord's praise. Amen.